Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, Sarah and I are going to talk all about international philanthropy. And as always, please stay with us until the end when we'll tell you what we're looking forward to. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Randy. Oh, it's been a really tough weekend in the news, hasn't it? Is. it? Yeah, it's really heavy. Really, really heavy mm-hmm. today. Um, so yeah, for those of you listening, um, we're recording this as the whole world is watching what's happening in Ukraine as uh, Russia has invaded the, you know, a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. Today, though, we're going to keep politics out of this conversation. But Since it is so heavy on our minds and on our hearts, we're going to talk about international philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And so it's a complicated topic. Mm -hmm. You might right now feel really, you know, drawn to giving and thinking, I want to help people. And not just in Ukraine. I mean, obviously, there are people impacted by war all over the world. Um, So we're not, we aren't ignoring what's happening in other continents and other mm-hmm. countries. Um, this information is actually helpful to anyone that's feeling the tug to to help in any conflict. Right. Because there's there's always another side to it, right? When there's a crisis and people wanting to help, there's always a bit of a, you know, sort of a dark side to that. There's people who are trying to take advantage of that mm-hmm. um, that grateful heart. And wanting to give assistance. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about what to look for mm-hmm. if you want to make some giving happen internationally in your own in your own life. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start on just two really simple U.S.-based issues, um, straightforward stuff around taxes and IRS. A donation that's made internationally to an international charity registered in another country is not tax deductible. You're only able to deduct something if you're giving to a U.S.-based charity. Even it's fine, though, to donate to a U.S.-based charity working abroad. Right. And we have a lot of those. A lot yeah. of those. We're going to talk to you about some examples. Yep. So the first thing, but you might not itemize your taxes. You're not thinking about taxes. So that's, but the first thing, that's the first step. The second step is giving directly to foreign charities can start getting you into the world where you need to worry about anti-terrorism laws. Mm -hmm. There are some charities that look great on paper, but once you scratch beneath the surface, you see perhaps arms dealing or things that you as a donor, you you want to give to a humanitarian cause. Mm-hmm. But because it's operating and registered internationally in another country, there are a lot of different laws out there in other countries. And so you could be giving to something that you think looks great, but because it's not necessarily following all the same rules and regulations of domestic-based charities, you could get a little closer to things that might you, you wouldn't be comfortable with really quickly. Right. Yep. No, that's why it's really important as you're doing your sort of research into what kinds of organizations and charities to give to, to um, perhaps look into some of the watchdog organizations that are out there. Yes. Um, so you can do a quick search on Charity Navigator or Charity Watch and just put in a, you know, a search for xyz organization and it'll pop up some of them i think it's charity watch that gives like star ratings yes they do um so they dig into financials they dig into all the other things that you were suggesting about different arms dealings (laughs) and stuff like things that i don't even want my brain to go to um so you know your gift is um going someplace that's meaningful for you 
So you've given two great examples Mm -hmm. of organizations that are watchdogs Mm -hmm. in the field. And I would recommend either of them sort of equally. Um, And they're really easy to find. A quick Google search will get you right there. Um, So then once you've figured out, okay, I'm, I'm a little less nervous about all the legal stuff, you quickly find yourself facing another big decision as a donor. And that is, are you going to go big? And I don't mean big in dollars. I mean big in the size of the organization. So when you hear about, and I'm going to give the example of UNICEF. Mm -hmm. UNICEF is huge. Mm -hmm. It operates on, I think, every continent except Antarctica. (laughs) Um, And it does things on a giant global scale. So for instance, they, in the world of COVID vaccines, they provided 1.9 billion doses of vaccine to children in 102 countries. Mm. Um, They're also really known for preventing disease. Mm -hmm. So they were able to provide 17.5 million people with bed nets to save children, particularly from mosquito-borne illnesses. Mm. So they work in the – their numbers are in the millions and the billions. Really big. Yeah. Really big. And with that comes a lot more infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So for some people, you are uncomfortable giving to giant organizations because they have a lot of infrastructure. Right. That leads to a lot of administration and – So like know. paying staff and taking care of offices and all those things that are needed. Absolutely. But, yeah. So you'll hear about that. And we're here to tell you – there's really nothing wrong with overhead. There's nothing wrong with big administrative roles because these are giant, giant organizations and it takes a lot of people to run yeah. them. Yeah. And so there's a trade-off. If you give to a big, giant organization, there's a lot of overhead and that's good because they end up with a lot of economy of scale. Mm-hmm. You can't work in 1.9 billion doses <laughs> if you're if not- you have a staff of two. Of two people, right? <laughs> if you're not running right. on a full staff. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I wouldn't want you to worry too much about giving to large, large organizations, especially when you're looking internationally, mm-hmm. because often they are the, the most able to work quickly, um, right. because they already have, you know, I hate to use boots on the ground. Right. Yeah, they um, have that infrastructure that you were talking about. They yeah. have a plan. There's already a model for providing that kind of relief. Yeah. Yep. We see the same thing domestically. Mm-hmm. You know, Red Cross gets somewhere pretty quickly because yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. Um, but if you're more interested in something small and targeted, that's, Mm -hmm. that's also doable on an international scale, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. It just takes maybe a little bit more investigating. Mm -hmm. Um, so I spent some time, particularly around what's happening in Ukraine, uh, looking into smaller organizations, somewhat out of curiosity, Mm -hmm. um, and found Sunflowers for Peace. This Mm. is an organization, again, this is, an American, this is a U.S.-based charity, actually started by a woman in um, Massachusetts who's a U- Ukrainian immigrant. Mm. She started this about 15 years ago, mm. or started the work, um, and then created this international sort of charity thing in 2015. What she does now with the help of her neighbors and friends, this is still pretty grassroots, yeah. is they collect money and supplies to put together first aid medical backpacks for frontline paramedics and doctors um, helping people who've been injured. It's so nice. It's really, it's just full of love, Mm -hmm. right? We talk about philanthropy means Means loving people. This is sending love in the form of 
bandages and antiseptics and all of the things that are needed at the front lines. And um, because she's been doing this for a while, she also has her supply chain set up. So if you're interested in a very targeted gift, you can find an organization like that. But you still want to do that checking. So for instance, with that organization, you can still go online. And I used GuideStar, Mm -hmm. which is now known as Candid. You can kind of find it either way. Both ways, Same thing, two names. Um, And you can still make sure you find an address, a board of directors, and kind of the the thing you always want to know you can find is the EIN. (laughs) That just means employee identification number. But in the world of giving, if you've got the EIN, that's like having the social security number for the organization to which you're donating. Yep. It's legit. It's legit. Totally. Yep. yep. If you can find an EIN, pretty pretty likely not to be a scam. <laughs> right. <laughs> so along um, sort of the same lines as that organization, um, I know, Randy, you know my love of Glennon Doyle. I do know um, <laughs> your love of Glennon Doyle. <laughs> the author of the most recent book, Untamed. Um, I'm a super fan of Glennon. Sarah but- <laughs> is a cheetah. <laughs> cheetah. You're a GD cheetah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Um, but she, like, on the other side of being an author, she has this foundation called Together Rising. Yes. Um, so that's a U.S.-based foundation, nonprofit organization. Um, but they do work around the world in in um, the way of re- providing relief. So financial assistance to other organizations with boots on the ground um, in different countries around the, around the world. So I know they recently just sent, I think it was $250,000 to a couple, or each, to two organizations in Ukraine, um, they are the World Jewish Relief Organization and then another organization called Direct Relief. And both of those organizations are providing medical supplies, cash assistance to families and um, those families who are trying to get out of Ukraine. So important. Um, yeah. You do need cash. Oh, yeah. 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 Food. And then also when um, something so important is that psychological support because mm-hmm. I, I just – it's unimaginable what – these um, families and individuals are having to deal with right now. So absolutely. So those are wonderful examples. I saw on social media, Mm -hmm. um, Glenn and Doyle talking about that. And my heart grew like 25 sizes bigger than it is. (laughs) It looks like another fave of ours. Brene Brown is part of that effort. Yes. So yeah. Some of the cheetahs, some of those cheetahs, some of those thought (laughs) leaders, um, you know, they yeah. teach us about vulnerability, and then we, you know, mobilize and help vulnerable That's right. people. That's right. Awesome. One other thing that I was thinking about, too, is our region, Corning Elmira in particular, has really strong roots to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all know about the pierogies yes. and things like that that come out of the heights and stuff. So um, one thing I was thinking about, if you are just really hesitant to make a donation or a gift to even a U.S.-based organization or an international organization, consider making a gift to one of the local Ukrainian churches in honor of mm-hmm. families in Ukraine or, you know, just just the country, um, you know, and that, that will that'll go a long way. That really will, and that is a spectacular yeah. idea. New York State actually has the largest Ukrainian uh, population in the United mm-hmm. States. And so what we know is as people become displaced – they're likely to reach out to family first. Sure, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Giving to our local Ukrainian church and organizations, mm-hmm. people will be landing here. Yep. And that that little bit of money, maybe that $10, yeah. that could feed a family for a couple of days while they make their way to their cousin's couch. Exactly, yeah. And we, like you said, it, we're not talking about big money. If you can give big money, great. Yes. 
if $10 is what you can do, that's amazing too. It really is. Dollars stretch farther when you give them to charities. Right. It's just the fact. Yeah. Uh, nonprofit organizations buy things at scale or they buy things wholesale mm-hmm. or they're moving money or they're getting their money matched by mm-hmm. other donors. Uh, so yeah, you really, it, it really is different when yeah. you hand $10 off to an organization. Typically they can stretch it pretty Yeah, it's far. not like going to Wegmans nope. and buying, you know, groceries for a week that cost quite a lot of money these days. I know. Yeah, it's totally different. Right now a grocery bag costs <laughs> a lot to fill. We all, we could have a whole other conversation <laughs> in the future about, about the rising cost of groceries. Yeah. So yeah, I do know that a lot of people feel like they're their wallet's a little lighter than it typically is because of the cost of groceries and mm-hmm. gas and things. So, um, yeah, if you're hearing this and thinking this is beyond what I can do, lastly, you can always just send a, a note to someone, maybe yeah. reach out to the local Ukrainian community and ask where where some love notes could go. Yeah, that's um, a great idea. I did hear about, you know, people are in bunkers right now mm-hmm. and they need poetry. Mm-hmm. They need literature. Um, and so it, it sounds small, but it's really big. That's part of being human. Yeah. So if you can write that little poem or that little note and put it in someone's hand, that could mean the world. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Off of that very dark, dark subject, and mm-hmm. we will be watching that closely. Um, Sarah, what is something that you're looking forward to here in our area in the next few weeks? Yeah, well, as things start um, kind of opening back up again, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like we say this like every six <laughs> months or so. <laughs> things are starting to, uh, you know, events are starting to happen. But um, this event, I think, it, I don't think it happened last year, um, but it's called Spark. It's a summit for leaders and shakers. Mm-hmm. It's hosted by the Watkins Glen Chamber of Commerce. Um, and it's a day-long conference for um, not just nonprofit leaders, but just leaders in the community in general. It's um, a great conference. Yeah, it's really good. And I took a peek at the list of um, guest speakers, and they're mm-hmm. all so amazing. Mm-hmm. This year's conference um, will have a special emphasis on diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. Um, so it's sure to be um, spectacular. So that date is March 9th. Um, from 8 to 5 p.m. at the Harbor Hotel. So head over to explorewalkinsglen.com and register. And it would be nice to be back in the Harbor Hotel. It would. It's a beautiful, and so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I this yeah. year cannot participate in Spark, and I'm disappointed by that, but it's because I'm the trip lead. So I'm looking forward to Fingers Crossed. <laughs> the Corning Paint and Post High School band is heading to Ireland to march in the Dublin St. Patrick's Day Parade. And I've been planning this trip alongside my beloved booster buddies um, (laughs) since January 2020. So if that puts in perspective, we started planning this pre-COVID and then decided to trudge along and keep keep going with remarkable support from the school administration and the school district Mm -hmm. saying, if we can make this happen for our kids, let's make it happen. Um, So we'll be traveling to Ireland as long as it's safe um, on every level, both macro and micro. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really thrilled to be doing this with a group of students. We have 98 of us heading out on this trip. um, And excitingly, every student that wanted to do this was able to do this. We had enough money in the scholarship funds, and that's because of the generosity of this community for generations. Mm -hmm. Booster organizations like Band Boosters raise money all the time to keep those funds 
you know, those, those accounts full so that when you have really big opportunities, you're ready to say yes. And that was the case here. And so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm looking forward to continuing to support the boosters long after my own daughter graduates. Oh, for sure. Because (laughs) there are kids, once a booster, always a booster. And because there are kids right now that maybe are in kindergarten Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a chance in the future for them to do something like this, as long as those organizations like the boosters have the money available. So, you know, whether it's band or sports or whatever it is, buy those cookies, (laughs) buy those little dining cards, you know, buy the citrus. It really does change lives. Yeah. What an incredible opportunity. And it's so awesome that you get to go and witness like the experience of these kids. It's very cool. I can't wait to see kids. We'll have kids. This is the first time they're leaving the state or they're on an airplane. Wow. Definitely a lot of first timers with it with passports. So yeah, getting to see the world through their eyes. um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, well, thank you, Sarah, for this conversation. Thank you. I started it feeling um, a lot of heaviness, and now I feel a bit lighter. Yeah, me too. So I know we'll be continuing to watch the news very carefully Mm -hmm. and thinking of people, again, all over the world that are suffering. This is a wake-up call that just because these folks might, you know, have closer ties to us, um, I think that's getting my attention in a different way. Um, But it reminds me that people suffering always need our attention. Right. So, well, with that, thank you for listening all the way till the end. Uh, We do look forward to speaking with you next month on the Good Works Podcast.